Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of SLP's Wine and Cheese. I'm Deb. And I'm Maria. And welcome our lovely guest, Tanya. Hi. Hi guys. Is it Tanya or Tanya? It's Tanya. Tanya. We have a friend from grad school whose name was Tanya and spelled like yours, and everyone called her Tanya. And I, I, I did. I didn't know did? her name was Ta Tanya. Oh, so. I would always correct everyone. <laughs> you may have corrected me, and I still didn't fix it. Okay. So. Shame on you for her not name fixing was, it. Her name was Tanya. <laughs> Every time she let it slide, I'd be like, excuse me. We have a problem here. Now I remotely remember that. Yeah. I think I may have just called her Tanya just to kind of annoy you. No, her name is Tanya. I, you know what I mean. She's Tanya. Tanya. No, Tanya. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Tanya's here. Uh, Tanya Lugin is a speech pathologist out of Texas. She's a certified oral facial myologist and NPC bikini competitor. In addition to all of this, she's also a wife, a mother, and a business owner. We have so much to learn from you, Tanya. And but first, I think Maria's going to talk to us about what we're drinking. Yes, yes. Let's get to some important stuff. Right. Yes. What is that? <laughs> okay. So we're drinking the Pinot Project wine. It's a California wine. It's a Pinot Noir, and it's a 2017. So, uh, did you know that actually Pinot Noir is considered a noble grape? Mm. Because in France, that's what it was, uh, it was coveted by the kings and the commoners. So, oh. that's what we're drinking. And we have uh, Lille goat. So, just original goat cheese. Yes. And I have to say, I really like this combination. I'm, like, pretty impressed because, Deb, you selected this wine and cheese, and I was like, wow, this is fancy. Thank you. Look how impressed she is, because she's like, usually what you pick is trash. <laughs> um, but actually, one of my CFs, she gifted me this wine. Um, so thanks, Alana. Thank uh, you, Alana. For the Pinot Grigio. I wrote, drink it. Definitely drink it. So, And with the cheese combination, I felt like... I don't know. Now that it's saying noble grapes, I'm feeling a little like, oh, this is like fancy. Oh, like your royal? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't say it. You did. So mm -hmm. thank you. But I like it. Definitely drink it. Maria is trying to constantly tell me she's a princess. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, but she's just interpreting it that way. So, I'm pretty sure you know. sentences have been like, because I am a princess. That's I, in her. <laughs> I may have said that just once. But <laughs> You know, I feel like that's now part of her core language, mm -hmm. you know? So, you know, whatever. So, Tanya, what are mm -hmm. you drinking? Um, I'm actually drinking a combination of uh, green tea and peppermint and dandelion root. So, it's a, it's an herbal combo. Oh. Uh, yeah, just uh, after a long therapy day, I kind of mix it up. I grab random bags of, like, herbal teas and just mix them together. Oh, wow, I never thought of doing that. That's a great idea. Yeah. I'm going to try sometimes, that tomorrow. Yeah, sometimes I want green tea and peppermint tea, and I have to choose. Right. Now you do no more. Don't choose. I, I put peppermint in everything just because peppermint or chamomile, because it adds either that minty or that kind of sweet from the chamomile, you know, uh, essence to it. So it makes green tea is kind of got that earthy flavor. So I always have to mix it with either peppermint or chamomile. Yeah, that's, oh, that's already with the tips and tricks. Already. I don't even know. We are blown away. <laughs> I know. Like, we are <laughs> speechless. We're, <laughs> we're <laughs> <just> <laughs> and we're 
end the episode now. I know. That was enough tips and <laughs> tricks for all. So. <laughs> But Maria did make up an icebreaker game. I did game. make up an icebreaker game, Tanya. So, you know, I think you're going to wow us away with this one, too. <laughs> so It's a word association game? Uh, yeah, pretty much. So, pretty much, I'm going to give you a word, uh, phrase, and you have to give me one word to describe it. So, again, there's no right or wrong answer. It's just a way for the audience and us to get to know you a little bit better. Okay. All right, so you're just going to tell me, tell us the first word that comes to mind. All right, ready? And I have 15 questions. All right, one word to describe your personality. Go for it. Go. <laughs> so many, so many. I know, uh, one word only. I know, it's hard, right? Serious. Okay. Your career. Exciting. Weight training. Exhausting. Yoga. I don't know. I don't do yoga. <laughs> so uh, unknown, maybe? Unknown. 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 Okay. I gave her some cues there. Carbs. Uh, no carbs. So no. The word is no. Okay. <laughs> Keto diet. No. No again. Coffee. Yes. Okay. See, this and is when I started yes, doing yes. it. Yes. Okay. So we were looking for more like adjectives or adverbs. But when, but when she was doing this game to me, I was like, "You're stressing me out." Okay. I just started. Yes. No. Yes. No. Uh, uh, yes. No. Yes. All right. All right. I don't think this one's a yes/no question. Uh, friendship. Fun. Yeah. Okay. Love. Fun. Okay. <laughs> Family. Fun. Okay. Okay. Let's, you know. All right. Your your session known. Uh, complicated. Okay. Your weakness. Chocolate. Okay. Your strength. Green tea. Okay. One word. Texas. Big. Okay. That's what I said to you. Right. Motherhood. Stressful. All right. That's what the I end. said too. I'm not even a mom, but I was like, we we were on the same page with a lot of these questions. I was thinking people. Just no last Mentally, physically, emotionally. That's funny. That's from what I hear. I don't know. So, Tanya, I have questions for you for real now. Um, can well, you, mine are not real. They're, they're definitely real, but it wasn't. I'm sweating. Right. <laughs> That's what serious questions will do to you. They will throw yeah, I, yeah, I think I was sweating a bit too. I was like, guys, that was supposed to be fun. Yeah. yeah, and I think fun was my answer for everything. I was like, fun. I just try to make everything fun. <laughs> well, maybe you're you're having a fun life, and everything is just fun as it should be. So there you go. Yeah, you're like Mary Poppins, and every job that must be done, there is an element of fun. You find the fun, and snap, the job's done. Wow, <laughs> impressive, but also concerning. You knew all that. So. Oh, I'm not the only one. I'm sure people in their cars right now are saying the same thing. I'm sorry. I'm just saying. Okay, so Tanya, where are you from, and where did you go to school? Uh, I'm from Odessa, Texas, uh, way over here, West Texas. I'm about an hour from New Mexico. I went to school. I did my undergraduate at Abilene Christian University. 
um, in Abilene and got my master's at Texas Women's University and ended up back here in West Texas. Oh, nice. nice. So you've been in Texas basically all your whole life? All my life, yeah. Okay. You don't have a very strong Texas accent. Well, no, I know. Right? I don't know. I'm thinking that too. Yeah. Is there a typical, is it, does Texas really have like a Southern draw? Uh, I think our main thing is just the y'all, you know, okay. y'all right. just, but not really. I mean, not here. Uh -huh. I guess it depends. Yeah. I, I've spoken to a couple of people in Texas and they say some have it thicker than others, but it's maybe in some words it'll come out more. Same for right. New York, same for any accent, dialectal accent. But anyway, so did you always know you wanted to be an SLP? Um, I did actually for, for quite a while. Uh, my mom was a teacher and so I, I knew I wanted to work with kiddos. Um, I didn't necessarily want to be a teacher. Right. Yes. I something time. along those lines. Yes. Um, but I also like the aspect of the medical field. Yes. And, um, and then at some point for, a, I think, sociology class in undergrad, it was, a, we did a project, uh, not even, it was my community college, was for find a career, research it. And I did that and speech pathology kind of came up, mm -hmm. researched it and was like, hey, this is perfect. Yeah, look at that. I can work in the schools. I can work in a medical setting. I can kind of do a little bit of what I always wanted to do. So that's kind of how that led me here. Okay. So do you work only now in private practice? Or are you also a little bit in the school system as well? Um, I So I work strictly private practice, but in my area, there's just such a lack and need of speech pathologists. I get called from a lot of the surrounding small city schools, mm -hmm. sometimes for testing. Uh, I speak Spanish, so I get a lot of calls sometimes for bilingual testing because they don't have a bilingual speech pathologist. So that's kind of my connection. I think I'll always have a connection to the schools. Um, so I do primarily, I'm in the clinic, but I do still come out a little bit to home health and a little bit to help out in the surrounding school districts. Oh, wow. Okay. So you dabble a little bit in the school districts. Yeah, there's, there's a, there's, there's a need. And so it'll always kind of bring me back. That's wonderful that they like seek you out too. And you do that. Um, so what is oral facial myology and what, in which settings are you, is it used in like which populations? So um, oral facial myology um, essentially is, I guess, the study treatment entails all of the oral facial complex, um, mouth muscles, oral pharyngeal uh, muscles, and kind of the underlying important thing for us because it controls then speech, breathing, um, eating, where our tongue is at rest, essentially, and where all those functions should be, and if they're not, then we have um, then some deficits and disorders in, in, in speech and speaking and swallowing and chewing and we get tongue thrusts and, and you know, even bolus formation, um, things like that. So definitely the underlying muscle structures have to be um, working appropriately to be able to uh, develop appropriately in a child per se. But I work with uh, 
really across the lifespan because some of the orofacial work and muscle work that I do um, in these kiddos that I might have a home health patient, you know, later in the day who's had a stroke, you know, or, um, and I may be able to, to then use some of those uh, oral facial exercises and some hands-on stuff to help them regain some muscle strength in their tongue or lips or cheeks. Um, same thing with the infants, uh, with babies who are maybe having trouble with lip seal or um, bottle feeding, spoon feeding, cup drinking, all of that has this underlying oral facial muscle component to it. So um, really could be newborns that come. Um, the majority of them are, I would say, between the ages, for me personally in clinic, uh, between the ages of four and maybe 12. Okay, so it's mostly pediatrics, but not limited to. Not limited to, yeah. We get a lot of babies and um, really it's, it's, you know, even adults uh, who maybe had some underlying oral facial uh, muscle weakness disorder, tongue thrust, tongue tie at some point that was never remediated. And so now as adults, then, you know, it's kind of, then they have some air, some, some deficits maybe with their bruxing or their snoring or open mouth postures later in life because that was kind of missed early on in childhood. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, so, you're up on that. Yeah. What motivated you to pursue, pursue this certification? Um, initially, it was before I even knew that that was something I was interested in. I just, I wanted, um, I wanted to focus kind of my work in, in speech pathology. You know, it's so broad. I wanted to specialize and, and focus on something. Um, I wanted to, to, you know, set myself apart somehow. Right. Um, and so I got my first tongue thrust patient and was like, I'm not sure what to do with you. Your tongue's just not staying in your mouth. Right. Um, I sought out, you know, I kind of got online and was like, I'm always looking for a continuing education or workshops or what can I do? Um, and I saw a, a conference in San Antonio. I was like, this is, this is it. I'm just going to go for the weekend and find out all about tongue thrust. Wow. And what it ended up being accidental by fate, I guess, uh, the annual convention for the IAOM, the International Association of Orofacial Myofunctional. Oh. So um, I ended up there at the annual convention. Well, it being the annual convention, we had so many speakers like Melanie Podock was there and uh, uh, several others. And so really it was just like the tip of the iceberg. And they were like, oh, this is, this is a whole new world. And, you know, you can continue on with your education and eventually become certified in this. And so really after that, it wasn't even for the certification. It was like, I need to know more about this. Yeah, right. That's how I feel. That's all I'm thinking. Every, everything with everything you're saying. So is this, um, field, is it based off of speech pathology? Like, is it founded by speech pathologists or yeah. is it like, did it like stem from the medical field? Oh, like, yeah, like dentistry perhaps. Uh, it's, um, it's, it's a lot of, um, so it, it's compromised mainly of clinicians specializing in dentistry, dental hygiene, or speech pathologists. Okay. Um, it, it goes way back, um, years actually. Um, 
it, it's just a field that a lot of times, even me in graduate school, we were told, stay away from oral motor. Oral motor is right. a bad one. This is what I'm like, this is what's going through my brain right now. Okay. And it's like, people are like, stay away from oral motor. But then it's like, you get these kids and you're like, well, what do you want me to do? And, and I always felt like I'm sitting across the table from this kiddo, but I feel like I could be doing, I'm missing something. Right. I'm missing something. I've got to be doing something because sitting across from the table, their, their tongue, their lips, it's just not doing what it's supposed to be doing. And so um, there was that missing component and I was always told oral motor is a bad word and stay away. And blowing a cotton ball across a table is not going to help, you know, with produce a certain sound or whatnot, which in, in, so it was something that I was always skeptical of until I dove in deeper and I saw, you know, research and, and case studies and, and professionals in our field who had all this extensive data. And then I believed, and then I said, I want to help others. I want to do this too. And this is probably the missing link to why some of the patients I had for years never made any progress. Um, some of the articulation kiddos and open mouth postures, some kiddos were drooling. Um, and so what was the original question? <laughs> so, maybe, like, why did you want to pursue this certification? Well, I mean, it's, you're showing that you're passionate about it. So it's great. that you're I, I could go on and on. Yeah. So basically oh, that was, that was it. Once I kind of, once I learned and I knew things, I felt like I knew nothing and I was like, right. I need, I, now I, I, everything I thought I knew right. maybe doesn't make any sense to me. I need to, I need to know more and I need to know more. And it just makes total sense, you know, for, for kiddos who maybe couldn't make an L or T or a D uh -huh. they were tongue tied maybe. And they couldn't make that lingual tip elevation to alveolar, you know, ridge because they physically couldn't move their tongue. Right. Uh, the kids in open mouth postures, the same thing. They, they didn't have that lip seal, so they were using their teeth and bottom lip to make bilabials instead of their lips. You know, and so it just all was connected. Same thing right. with eating. Kiddos who had a preference for soft foods. Well, they didn't eat chewy foods because they couldn't lateralize their tongue to work those chewy, crunchy foods. So they had to eat soft foods, you know, chicken nugget and mac and cheese. Um, you know, and so it just, it just all was a bunch of pieces and they all just started to come together and make sense with this additional knowledge in oral facial myofunctional disorders and, and muscle. So, um, that's kind of where I'm at at this point. It's been maybe only two and a half years, but it's been a constant learning process. Like, I would say every other month or every few months I'm flying somewhere or driving somewhere or tuning in to some conference or, or collaborating with groups of other uh, oral facial, you know, professionals in the field, study groups. We have a, a big study group uh, on Facebook, uh, oral myofunctional study group. Yes. yes. I've, I've heard of that one. I don't know if I'm in that one or not. But. Yeah. So um, my friend uh, Linda D'Onofrio is in Portland, Oregon. And she is like a pioneer here and had created the study group. And so now at this point, there's international members, um, all a part of this group. Um, dentists, a lot, you know, everybody, anybody that works in the mouth, you know, mm -hmm. clinicians, providers, dentists, comp compromised of, of dentists, orthodontists, um, 
speech pathologist, uh, RDHs. So, you know, they can become sort of all sorts of people that, and really yeah. everyone is associated with the mouth, I, it seems. Right, yeah. So, um, can you describe some tools or techniques related to this practice? So, like, what are you actually doing? A lot of it is, I, I use a lot of talk tools. Mm -hmm. uh, chewy tubes, if we're working on strengthening uh, masseter, we're working on chewing, um, because some of these kiddos have a preference for soft food, um, then they end up having weak masseter, weak, weak cheek muscles, because it affects facial development, because ultimately, the strength and the pressure that you put on your bones when you're chewing helps to develop your face. So I do a lot of chewing with the chewy tubes from Talk Tools. Um, I use a lot of like real food. Uh, you know, kids will work for food anyway. Right. So yeah. <laughs> goldfish. Yeah, um, <laughs> gummy worms. Um, I do um, a lot of like I use the jaw, the uh, jaw grating bite blocks for jaw stability. Uh, for working on isolating the tongue from from the mandible um, so we can get the tongue moving because a lot of these kiddos um, they're not dissociating the tongue from the mandible to them it's like one piece which in like the gliding y-n so they're y-n the widow y-n they're not moving their tongue their tongue essentially is to them part of their mandible and so they're not they need to be able to isolate the tongue so that the tongue moves independently um, so we need to kind of so we work on jaw stability and jaw grading um, to get the tongue moving independently to help with speech. Yeah. Um, so I do a lot of that because the jaw is attached to the to the the, the the tongue is attached to the jaw. So if the movements are jaw driven, if the jaw is sliding and moving all around, how do you expect that tongue to go up if the jaw is moving? So you have the to jaw's work. doing all the work, right? The jaw's grating, the jaw's sliding. So a lot of my goals are are uh, you know to uh, with with no obvious all right jaw sliding or grating. You know, patient will maybe uh, lingual elevation to produce maybe L T or D with no jaw sliding or grating. So we're trying to to strengthen the tongue and help the tongue I make these isolated movements without the jaw moving all over the place. Um, so a lot of talk tools, a lot of goldfish. I use a lot of goldfish to help stabilize. It's fun for them, but I'll put a goldfish in their kind of in their uh, front teeth and size central and uh, upper central incisors in the front or in the sides. Um, so I do a lot of that. Okay. Do you work a lot of like use a lot of words also like in combination with that or like how is the session let's say uh, I guess structured so without it giving us away all your magic secrets no, I'm just kidding um like do you do like half and half or is the session mostly like um like oral motor or is it like no it depends on the kiddo um it's kind of a hierarchy so I mean first of course breathing if they're if they're mouth breathing, we want to fix that first, you know, and so it just depends on the kiddo and where they're at. Um, breathing, we want to make sure lips are closed and the tongue is resting where it needs to be. So depending on them, if maybe we just start working oral facial, close your lips, put your tongue where it needs to go. And then with time, as they start meeting these goals and their oral facial complex starts to be more normalized, then we can start working on speech. So it's crazy because 
first we work on everything else. Last, we work on speech. Uh -huh. And so I work on lips and cheeks and tongue. And then once they can do all that and breathing is right and tongue is where it needs to be and there's nothing else going on like enlarged tonsils or tongue ties and, and everything starts to, to be normalized with this neuromuscular re-education, then we work on speech. Right. So it's on the kidney. I'm sorry, I almost cut you off. But like you're increasing sensory awareness to these aspects of their face, whereas before they probably didn't dissociate or like even perceive. So I feel like having an exercise regimen, similarly to going to the gym, kind of like makes the speech therapy session a bit more concrete. Mm. And like, and it, it puts sensory information where that individual wasn't like perceiving things developmentally or independently on their own. But also like even your verbal feedback too, like maybe the sensory part, cause that's like, you know, um, I don't know, controversial in the research, but like at least the verbal aspect of, Oh, let me see your lips together. Like that right there. Like maybe no one even like really explained that to them. Like, Oh, my lips have to be closed. Like show me ready mouth. Cause I do a lot of that too. I do, um, I'm like, uh, trying, working on my prompt project. And that, that sounds like a lot of the stuff that I've learned with prompt about like the jaw and the tongue and all that stuff and the grading. So a lot of it is like the verbal feedback too of like, Oh, are your lips together? Right. Or you know? sometimes they're like, sure, my lips are together, but they don't perceive <laughs> that. They don't, because they're not looking at themselves. Yeah, I'm like, are your, where are your lips or where's your tongue? I can, right I can visibly see their tongue in between their teeth, low line hanging out. And I'm like, where's your, is your tongue on the spot? They're like, yep, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it's 100%. It's there. I know. That's what I feel like I have too. That's why I like to use, I use my throat scope. I use my chewy tubes because sometimes I'll just like poke in kids. Like, no, here, look, this is what I want. Just mm -hmm. to like put some sensory input there to be like, this is where I want you to make contact. So it's just nice to hear um, everything that you're telling us. So we have one more question left. Uh, I was gonna say one more thing, oh, okay. just because, you know, oral motor is that like controversial topic. Um, but I think, I mean, I could correct me if I'm wrong. I think that the research with that study and that came out that oral motor doesn't help and like blowing bubbles isn't gonna help. But I think that's if, it, there's an absence of an anatomical issue. So if the person or the client does not have a tongue tie and you're working on blowing bubbles, then it might not help with, then it most likely will not help with speech. So I think in this situation, it's a little different because they do have like an anatomical issue, right? Like a tongue tie or something like that. That's preventing them. Right. And since then, um, Diane Barr and uh, Christy Gatto have uh, had a presentation recently, and it's just full of resources, uh, full of, of, you know, people want to see where can I read this or where can I see this? Where's the data? And um, so here recently, there's just, there's, there's lots of it, you know, right. lots of recent, recent stuff. Um, a lot of studies coming out of Brazil and, and other places as well. Um, so you also said it's a hierarchy. So it's like, I, it's not like you're, you're like blowing bubbles and then like, okay, now say the SH, like, mm -hmm. you know, so it's not, I don't know. I feel like the way you're describing it, it's more foundational mm -hmm. 
and that there's like a there's a distance there's a long distance before you even like translate it over to speech like you have to accomplish other things right yeah lips closed tongue to spot uh you know you have to be able to to chew and and lateralize and and do all these things before then you can kind of work on speech i do a lot of beckman of the deborah beckman protocol as well so I incorporate that. Uh, I use the Beckman protocol. I use, um, I've done with the Chow some myofascial release. Um, so I feel like it, it all, all together, it's just a, b a bunch of tools in, in my toolbox, but they're all related. Uh -huh. They all essentially have the, the same goal to help muscle function and the underlying muscle function right. dysfunction to be normalized than to be able to, to speak uh breathe chew swallow right exactly yeah. yeah that sounds that sounds great that you have uh that you incorporate so much and you still, but you're still looking at it like with this like oral myofunctional lens but you're incorporating all these different things to get to your goal to accomplish what whatever that client needs right so i mean sounds like you're very passionate about this so whoever's listening, they might be curious. Uh, so what is the certification process like? And is this something you recommend for other SLPs? Absolutely. I think that, um, that every speech pathologist should, you know, at least seek out some, some continuing education at some point. We all need it anyway into some oral facial myofunctional therapy. Talk Tools has some. Um, this, I think it's speechpathology.com has some. So a lot of the sites we're already on getting our CEUs are, are already incorporating a lot of the oral facial myofunctional topics, whether it be tongue ties or oral facial myology. What is it? And oral facial myofunctional therapy. How does it apply to us in, in, in the school setting, in the medical setting? Because it applies to all of us in one way or another, regardless of the patient. So absolutely, um, whether or not you're, you're, you seek out full certification, um, just training in itself and getting some more information will be beneficial to you in your therapy on a daily basis with all patients. Yeah, that's great. And then you, the clinician, the SLP can decide how far they want to go into it, but just to like, you know, dip their toe in the water and like, open yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. But I think just by doing that, it's like, oh gosh, I need to know more. Right. Because, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's, uh, it, you know, with the International Association um, or Oral Facial Myology is the only certifying, uh, certifying body. So there's the AOMT, the Association of Oral Facial Myofunctional Therapy, I believe. They're out of California. The IAOM is the only certifying uh, body, and you need to take uh, initially like an intro 28-hour course. Mm -hmm. That's just an introduction. Um, it's, so it's very in-depth. Mm -hmm. It's a very in-depth um, 40 course. And so um, that's just kind of, that's for people that want to pursue certification, like I said. But I feel like just by you know, getting into some, some talk tools or some, you know, CEU type stuff and getting a little bit of it, you would want to maybe pursue some certification later because it's, it's once you know more, you want to know more and, and it just, it's a, it's a pattern and it continues. Yeah. I want to know more. I'm right. very thirsty for knowledge.
This episode of SLP's Wine and Cheese is brought to you by SpeechTherapyPD.com. It's a 100% SLP-owned website that specializes in practical, engaging, evidence-based video and audio courses. There's more than 600 hours of courses available on demand. Yes, there are weekly live and interactive courses and pod courses. They offer unlimited plans starting at $89 a year. And now you can get $10 off with the code WINE. W-I-N-E. So enter wine at checkout. And now back to our show. We've reached the halfway point. So here we're going to start doing some housekeeping where we can let you know where you can find us. So if you're listening to this, please go and uh, write us a little review on iTunes. And the first five people to write um, a a review in 2019, I'm going to send you uh, some of my coloring books. So. Go ahead and do that for me, please. I would very much appreciate it. Unless you hate it, then don't do it. Don't, right. don't do that. And if they hate it, they would probably also hate your coloring book. Right, well, exactly. So. so then they wouldn't even be motivated. Right. But if they hate it, they wouldn't be listening to this right now also. Right. That's okay. true. Maybe. But you never know. You know, some you never people, know you who's know. out there listening. <laughs> you never know. Just saying. But we love all of you. Right. Yes. yes. We're full of love. Yes. <laughs> Uh, you could follow us on Instagram at SLP's Wine and Cheese Pod underscore between each word. On that, on our, through our Instagram, you can see our Patreon. Go to our bio. You'll see my page. You'll see Deb's page. You'll you can go visit our Patreon. I just made a cool little printable. I'm gonna put on for Freebie Friday. Wonderful. Yes, it's for the TH sound sneak peek. We have all sorts of free printables on the Patreon. We have videos of our podcast episodes and we have bonus episodes on the patreon so it's www.patreon.com slash slp's wine and cheese go check it out because even if you're not a patron there's still some things you have access to right yes good yeah so uh tanya where can they find you uh they can find me at uh www.westtexasspeech.com i don't have an instagram for the page i kind of i have my my personal, uh, Tanya Lujan, Tanya Manriquez Lujan, IG, um, which is kind of, I'm like, that's my life. So there's some speech stuff on there. There's um, some life stuff on there. And there's my NPC bikini uh, life on there. But we're going to get into that. So my main source would be the, uh, my website at uh, westtexasspeech.com. Okay. Now, yep. and our Facebook page, of course, West Texas uh, Speech. Cool. Yeah, definitely give that, give that a look. And uh, so let's go into what you just said is part of your life, fitness and nutrition. So give us a little bit of a background about that. And then we have some lovely questions for you. So how you flow uh, to it and just, you know, what motivated you to enter bikini competitions? So I've always, um, I, I would say, not been totally fit. I've, I've been like, you know, many of us are go to the gym a couple of seasons, maybe write New Year's resolution or getting ready for vacation type, go to the gym time, um, and then stop, not go for, you know, a long time. I needed something, the way I work, I need to set myself a goal and some accountability. Right. And so for me, it was, you know what, I think I'm going to just go out on the edge here and I'm going to do a bikini competition. And so, um, 
thought of that. You were just like, this is what I feel like I should do. Yeah, you know, I always do the extreme. I always, I don't ever just, I always go to the extreme. It's never like, I'm just going to do a little bit of this. Like, I'm going to go. Uh, go big or go home. Yeah, I, I always come up with these extreme goals for myself. Yeah. And then I make myself do them. Good. So I, I said, I'm going to. So good for you. Yeah, it was on Instagram and I saw a girl in, in a bikini on stage and I was like, I, I think I'm going to do that. And that's a good motivator to get me to the gym and be consistent. So uh, coincidentally, I was following, I don't know how it was fate, I was following my coach um, and I was like, why am I following this guy? Hey, it turns out he's a trainer. So I ended up contacting him and was like, hey, I think I want to do a show. And this was last year, maybe August, end of July, August. He's like, okay, we have 16 weeks to prepare. And it was... That's real. That's real life. 16 weeks. <laughs> I'd be like, okay. So this was last August 2016. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you're still pretty new to this then. I am. I am. Um, okay, so you uh so you prepared for that how many so you've entered this competition one time so far yeah so uh the actually so i also made it a birthday goal my birthday is december 7th and the competition was on december 8th wow oh okay. wow nice so how was that did you take any ribbons home yeah actually oh. um yeah so congratulations right. <laughs> cheers to that here we are. We will, we will, you know, consume beverages in our, <laughs> that's our contribution. That's right. Yeah. Because yes. we are not. <laughs> yeah. I'm fit. I'm just not a, like bikini competition fit. Or maybe I will. Maybe I'm going to be inspired. Yeah. There's your new goal. Maybe Tanya is my new goal. <laughs> maybe I could be Tanya. <laughs> she could be Tanya and I could be. But how do you pronounce it? Tanya. Tanya. See, I still. I bet, I bet Tanya's listening and she's going to be like Maria. Yeah. <laughs> but she knows I love her. It doesn't matter. I can't say her name. So what ribbons did you take home? Uh, so I brought home two trophies. It was a Texas cup. So they had cups. So I was excited because oh, I was oh, wanted... You got like, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Wait, take a picture. Hold on. <laughs> You got cut so, again so, so we can take a picture. So because this is audio, everyone's probably like, what is she doing? So she's pretending to hold this big chalice cup, I should yeah, say. Yeah, But yeah, we'll get it. There we'll we go. It. I got a boomerang of it, actually. Okay, you good. Know? <laughs> but you shall see this, people. That's so good. I could even picture you. So you must have been super excited. Um, yeah. I brought home two um, in the novice category, in the new bikini competitor category. And then oh, I brought home. Yeah, Oh, did your coach tell you like, oh, I think like, what was your coach saying to you? Like, I think you got a shot at this. There's a new bikini competitor category. Like, yeah. Well, you know, he was like, uh, I'm not going to put you on stage unless I think you're ready. And, but basically he uh, was like, you're ready. Go whatever category you think you're going to go for. Like you're going to get something. And great. so there was about 28 girls in each category. And so I got uh, third place in one and fifth place in the other. Wow. Um, yeah, so I came back with two trophies in my first competition. That's and all it did was motivate me to right. 
want to continue and kind of see what else I could do. Cause I thought I'm a newbie. I've only been building muscle for this amount of time. Right. So if I continue, who knows? Right. Cause then it became just like way more tangible for you. You're like, I've already done it once. So I'm just, you can keep going. Yeah. So I got third place. Maybe next time I'll get first place, you know, yeah. and so that's kind of, so I'm actually doing a, another show uh, during spring break. Great. So, oh, in Vegas. Wow. wow. Well, I feel like you need supporters there. I know. We should go to Vegas. I feel like, really? Yeah. <laughs> I've, been, be awesome. I've been wanting to go there again. I went once. It was fun. But well, I, three I times. Three four, times. Four times. Bree is always traveling. I love I to travel. Know. She's like knocking down my traveling. Like, all right, I'm sorry. I don't want to stay home and not explore the world. <laughs> right. I, I agree. So I agree. Brooklyn has everything. I mean, it does. But I'm sure there's a Texas part of Brooklyn. I like Brooklyn. I like Brooklyn. Yes. I'm just I like to travel a little bit more. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, can you describe three of your favorite exercises and like the areas that fit yes. an exercise target? I was thinking like cardio, arms, core, and butt. Okay. I pushed the button. I hope I didn't. All right. Don't push any more buttons. All right. I'm sorry. Sometimes you gotta like get Maria under control. Right. Yes. I cannot be tamed. Yeah. Miley Cyrus. I'm just kidding. All right. So favorite workout for like cardio. Favorite cardio workout. Favorite cardio workout is gonna be the step meal. Yeah. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I'd rather jog or get on the treadmill i don't like the bike i don't know the bike and the ski machine all that. i just feel like i'm not really doing anything yes. plus the coach prefers that i jump on this step mill because it is working glutes and hamstrings and calves it's like core so um i love the step mill i'm on that thing like daily or every other day wow. at least 30 30 to 40 minutes wow do you listen to music or watch TV? Yeah, I, I listen to music. I have a variety of playlists. I have like the go super fast and work hard playlists. And then awesome. I have the, the I'm, in, I'm in the zone. It's more relaxed music. And then I have, so I just, I have a variety of playlists. Yeah, well, you can hopefully listen to this while you're on the Stairmaster right now. Keep going. <laughs> Keep stepping. And then what about for arms? Um, arms, I like uh, tricep, mm. tricep stuff. Just because I think as women in general, we just right. You just, like get that, like you're trying to get some salt or like crazy. <laughs> they call that something. Oh, bat women arms. I don't arms. know, whatever it is. But we also tend women tend to store fat there, so yes. yeah. So I, I really like the the tricep, uh, like the dumbbell overhead tricep extension, where you just have barbells and you're just kind of right. Uh, and that's a good exercise for that. And like, that's, I like that. I, a little bit of biceps. I just feel like, I don't know. I prefer to work the back of my arm than. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. I would like much like to tone that part rather than having like a very toned. Same here. Um, yeah. yeah I like it on the TRX though. I don't know. Have you tried TRX? Probably. Um, no. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. You should try it. I don't know like what your goals are and stuff, but I think it's pretty cool because you use your own body weight, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm always willing to try different, different things. Like I, I was doing a spin class. I did it a couple of times. I almost died. Oh, no. On, on like a few Saturdays. Feelings. I like that feeling. I'm like, <gasps> can't breathe. I got to do that again. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's, um, 
that's that's cool. That's my favorite cardio. And so since Deb's uh, New Year's resolu resolution, well, no, it, it, it isn't my resolution. It's just something that I want. Like, oh. it's not something I'm actively pursuing. But, like, yeah, I'm always complaining that I have no butt. So, so what's your favorite butt exercises? Um, I would say glutes, the Romanian deadlifts, oh. um, and uh, maybe, like, barbell rolls, mm. um, hip thrusters. Uh-huh. All right, I'll look those up. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, do you think you could do this? This guy looks scary. Um, There's like a picture of this guy with this scary amount of weight in his arms. Yeah, I'm positive right. I could if I, but I never yeah. had that push right. yet, but I'll get yes. there. You'll get there. I think I'll like once I get to the point in my life, like right after I have kids, that's what I'm going to uh, be like. I thought you were going to do this like in this year. No, no, um, I never intended that to happen. Okay, I misunderstood. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty, like, I mean, I wish I was Tanya, but I'm pretty happy with like what I have going on. So like, I'm not like, I don't have anything pushing me there yet. Got it. But I, I'm sure I will down the line. Okay. But um, I'm, I'm really happy with handstands right now. That's all I want to master. I, I do handstands every day, multiple times. And I just want to be able to stand independently for a long period of time controlled. That's my cool. Yeah. Deb and I love yoga. <laughs> so um, did we go through all the things? Yes, stuff? she did. So then um, now also, so like when you're – getting fit you also have to take into consideration the things that you're consuming so like right. do you have any like competition ready breakfasts lunches or dinner dinners and snacks that your are your go-to's uh basically whatever my coach tells me to eat oh that's convenient that's good <laughs> it, it it consists of of lots of lots of eggs lots of lean proteins um the two weeks in the week of the peak weeks, um, when you're trying to get like shredded uh, for to be stage ready, it's literally just white fish and vegetables or chicken and vegetables in very small amounts, like six times a day. Wow. Yeah, so it's like about frequency. Mm -hmm. I feel like when I was my most fit and thinnest, that's how I ate. Like I just. I worked all day, so I just had so many like little baggies of food, and I would just eat like a whole bag of carrots, or like a bag of string beans, or a bag of watermelon, bag of raspberries, bag it of chicken. Keep you full longer. I yeah, that. and like sometimes you just want to eat something quick because you're like running between clients and stuff. So it's like it was like it was easier for me to manage my life at that time when I was operating that way. Um. So speaking of, do you feel like health and fitness, they help you with your career or do you think that like it distracts you from it a bit? Um, I think initially um, I was unsure. I thought maybe it was a distraction because I was so new at it. I had to like set timers on my phone for food and I didn't plan for it. So I might've been in the middle of a session, but obviously I had to wait till the session was over so I could run to the break room and grab my chicken and green beans right. but I but then now I feel like now I've planned for it so now I have maybe a 15 or 30 minute break between patients at meal two or meal three so right. now I'm much more prepared to run and get food between patients um, and it's just it all flows and it's so much easier now and it's just helped me um, you know speaking of the meal prep is that I used to run like during my during a break or during lunch 
to, to run to go get in a drive-through line. Um, right. What am I going to get today? Another burger or a burrito? Or And so now it's like, I can actually sit here and eat what I packed and do my notes or work on my eval, my report, make calls, check voicemails, instead of fighting traffic, you know, for, for an hour. Right. So I feel like that's been, um, it, initially it was hard to, to, to work it all in therapy, life and, and the fitness. But now at this point, I'm like, it, it's just almost become a part of my life and it all fits so neatly now. And it's super easy. This episode has been cut off. So we're going to just skip to the tips or tricks. Uh, So Tanya's tip or trick was to use goldfish in speech therapy sessions. So to work on, let's say, jaw stabilization, she said, um, to place the goldfish between the upper teeth and the lower teeth and have the child, um, if you tell them, make it a game. And she said, oh, if you break the goldfish, you lose. So she worked on jaw stabilization exercises like that. So my tip or trick, I was inspired by the episode to take all your uh, sugary cereals and make a craft with them. Like, for instance, if you have, uh, what is it, the colored one? Lucky Charms or uh, I forgot the other one. Fruit Loops? Fruit Loops, yes. You make a rainbow. I know my cereals. Yes, good for you. Uh, (laughs) You can make a rainbow with them. You can categorize them and just, yeah, take them out of your pantry and Work them into your speech therapy sessions. That would be good for Valentine's Day. You can draw a heart on a paper and then have the child glue the um, cereals in to be like a rainbow heart. Yeah, and you could make, um, like, it could be like a f- motor drill or something, mm-hmm. you know, like even for speech sounds or right. whatever you're working on. And then you have to, like, on. decrease impulsivity because you don't want to break them. Yes. The whole ones are the ones that you want. And Fine motor, hand-eye yeah. coordination, so... Mm-hmm. What's your tip or trick? Um, my tip or trick was to love actually the kids by like holding up signs one at a time to have them read them. And I did that when I wasn't feeling well. I was like, the first sign said, today Miss Brooks doesn't feel well. And then the second sign said, so let's be calm and quiet. And then I drew like, Shh. and they had fun. They read it. And then I wrote a joke. Oh, cool. So like the setup was one card and that was, um, how do you make a tissue dance? And then the next one was you put a little boogie in it. <laughs> yeah. Good the kids one. didn't get it. They're like, buggy, well, boogie, 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 what boogie? Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's why you're working on jokes, right? Exactly. There yeah. goes your uh, rationale. <laughs> that's right. Also, reading. Yeah. You know, you, you miss the message. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I got it. Well, I got it. Good thing I got it. <laughs> so we let Tanya pick the quote, and her quote was keep moving forward. So. That's how she feels. Yeah, it's like just keep swimming. I I don't know what that is. Finding Nemo or Yes. Okay, good. Good Good guess. guess. I made an inference. (laughs) Pretty good at inferencing. (laughs) But yes. So thank you everyone for listening to our episode of SLPs Wine and Cheese. I'm Maria. I'm Deb. And Tanya said, I'm Tanya. Good night. Good night, guys.